Thanks so much for listening to another podcast episode of Complex Identities. This is your host, Juan Marcos Bajarano Gutierrez. We took off a few weeks from the podcast, but we wanted to get back to it because we've been looking at the topic of Christology in the Clementine Recognitions and the Clementine Homilies. And one of the things that we looked at, in fact, two things that we looked at was the concepts or the concepts of the exalted angel and the exalted patriarch. And what we want to do on the one hand is look at how nascent Christianity could evolve to a point of having adopted a very different perspective, obviously, ultimately, in the form of the uh, Trinitarian model that was accepted and codified in various councils, and how a community like the Clementine Recognitions and the Clementine Homilies, assuming that they were connected in some form or maybe an outgrowth of one from the other, adopted a very different perspective. And of course, relating that to the idea of reshuyot, of powers, of these two powers that we find documented in the Bavli, in particular the Babylonian Talmud. Now, it's important to note that the models of earthly power influenced Jewish attempts to understand God's sovereign control. God was described as bringing about his will using a body of heavenly hosts that were organized in a fashion similar to earthly kingdoms. And as a consequence, the principal angel, or you could also argue an exalted patriarch, functioned as God's vizier, second in command, if you will, almost like a Pharaoh and Joseph type relationship, with full authority and power vested in that individual, in the case of the angel, because they contained the ineffable name, or the name of God was within them in some form or fashion. Now, it's interesting, of course, as I noted, because in many ways, later Christianity would take a very different perspective on that. And we need to understand, at least on a very basic level, how that could be. Well, a principal angel provided the basis for what we would call the bifurcation or the splitting of God or the development of binitarianism, which in some form we find documented in the Talmud. Again, the Talmud doesn't really talk about Trinitarianism, which is interesting. It talks about a binitarian approach. Philo of Alexandria also informs us that the term logos was, quote, the name of God, unquote, and that this personified entity held, quote, the eldership among all the angels, their rulers, as it were. So this is quite interesting because then that means that even the Logos was a generally well-known concept, at least in certain quarters, and that could have been another addition to or a role that was similar to the exalted angel that we've been discussing. Given this, we may derive the extent to which godly authority via a second power was well known. Now, whether all groups accepted that, I think, is an issue that we can debate, but it's certainly something that many groups may have been familiar with. Now, the idea of the indwelling, if you will, for lack of a better term, of the divine name, the name of Hashem or the name of God in an angel, might suggest a reflection of the divine nature of divine attributes. That is to say that if an angel has certain attributes, an individual might say, well, by default, that angel must be divine. And so we can see in that sense how later Christianity could adopt a very different perspective on the person of Jesus and his exalted status. So if we were to consider, for example, the honorific descriptions of the principal angel, we would most likely conclude, or at least it's possible to conclude, that these appearances that we found in the Torah, for example, the angel of the Lord, are often strikingly similar to God, 
but were no doubt intended to be that. Nevertheless, the evidence within the writings describing the second power, the, the Reshuyot, seem to add little credence to the idea that, for example, Yahoel, the angel bearing the divine name, was somehow separated from God. In early Jewish tradition, the bifurcation of God or the splitting of God does not exist, at least within the text that we have at our disposal. It does not seem that a doctrinal bifurcation of God or a definitional understanding of God can be justified. I believe, and this is my personal perspective, is that it is more appropriate or likely that a descriptional nature of various figures who reveal God in their actions was something that was accepted. These individuals who were, for lack of a better term, God-filled, revealed God in their activities. And in this sense, we might be able to understand the idea of the Incarnation. Still, they confirm the concept of divine agency, where God's servant was given a distinctive position in bringing about God's rule. Now, the nature or the status of the second power within what we would call these Jewish Christian groups or these Jesus-oriented Judaisms as applied to the person of Jesus appears, of course, to have been at the center of the debate between these groups and later Jewish groups, as documented in various discussions in subsequent centuries between the rabbis and the menim. Now, the reason that all of this is important is because we saw in the Clementine Recognitions and in the Clementine Homilies that their approach was very different. Yes, in essence, there were two powers, but the status was one of God and the true prophet. And in that sense, we can see a very different perspective regarding the nature or the status of this messianic figure as understood by the Clementine Recognitions and the Clementine Homilies. Now, of course, our goal is not to argue one perspective or the other. It's simply to understand how a group in the 3rd and 4th centuries, rather late in the developing Christian world, if you will, of, of Christian thought and doctrine, would have been able to maintain that or where they derived that from. And of course, it's quite possible that they did have an earlier tradition that linked them back to the Jewish groups that existed in the land of Israel in the first century, or they simply developed their own approach to understanding these texts independently and saw that there was a different option available to them to configure a Christology that was different and in many ways in opposition to growing Christian orthodoxy.